The Pickleball Show is brought to you by PBX Club. PBX stands for Pickleball Excellence. Join today and get the latest pickleball tips and strategies, news, and opinion. Save money on paddles and other equipment with coupon codes to online pickleball retailers. Get travel discounts to tournaments and a whole lot more. How much does it cost to become a PBX Club member? Well, it's free. Just go to freepbxclub.com. That's freepbxclub.com. There's even a link in the show notes for this episode. FreePBXClub.com. PBX Pickleball Excellence. Join the club. It's free. This is Deb Harrison of PicklePongDeb.com. And here's the host of the Pickleball Show, Chris Allen. Thank you, Deb. And welcome to the show dedicated to helping you play better pickleball while having even more fun and meeting new friends who share your passion for this great sport. My name is Chris Allen, coming to you today from Asheville, North Carolina. Let's walk on over and see whose paddles are in the fence today. Joining me from Grass Valley, California, it is Prame Carnot. Prame, how are you today? Very well. And a couple of hours north of Toronto, Canada, Collingwood, Ontario to be specific. It is owner of Third Shot Sports, Mark Rennison. Hi, Chris. Great to be with you. Now, each of you with your coaching practices, it's got to be tough to strike a balance between this is the way that I think people should play. When do you put somebody into your style and when do you when do you coach to conform to their style that they're already playing in that may not be your particular style? What about you, Mark? Does that make sense? It makes total sense. I think um, I think a student-centered approach is approach is important and that means coming to the person where they are rather than than forcing them to conform. To you. I think of like football coaches, like, uh, uh, like, you know, this is the West Coast offense. This is what we play. And when you come into this team, you're going to learn this system. Uh, and that, I guess that's the opposite of what, you, what you're talking about. Yeah, th- that being said, I mean, um, people are coming to coaches, hopefully because those coaches are experts and they know more than they do, right? And they, mm-hmm. can, help, they can help them grow. And so Prim's right. You need to have students who are open-minded and willing. I find the... Um, the most effective way at convincing someone or showing them that that whatever they're doing has limitations is not to tell them about it, but to show them. And so, if th- that means setting up a setting up a drill, for example, let's say someone has a has a grip, right? They hold the the paddle in a particular way that that you sort of know has these limitations. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could explain it to them and hope that they trust you enough or they believe you enough to be convinced. But generally, it's far more effective to say. Okay, well, let's let's do a little drill here that simulates a game, and to create the situation where they start to see and experience the limitation of that grip. So, if it might be, um, you know, on, on a low ball, that particular grip doesn't work, or if it's on a backhand, it becomes very weak, right? If you set up the conditions so it's not you, it's not your authority mm-hmm. that's convincing them; it's their experience. And I find when you use that approach, where they start to experience the limitations of what they're doing, they're far more likely to be open to changing it's almost like the socratic method it's it's you asking questions or giving scenarios to where you let them arrive at the answer because when they arrive at the answer themselves it means so much more than if you were to just tell them the answer that's right and it it needs to i think it needs to be um it needs to be a felt experience right so Mm -hmm. maybe that's a little bit different than socrates because that was just like a purely intellectual exercise this needs to be a, a kinesthetic one right they need to feel Wow, my backhand is really weak when I hold the paddle like a, it's a frying pan or <laughs> or or whatever, uh-huh. right? 
Yeah. Oh yeah, I can't put away overheads when I use just my hand and my wrist instead of the rest the rest of my body. Mm-hmm. Like they need to they need to feel it and um I find that they're they're far more open to to learning once they've experienced that limitation. What about you Prem when a student comes out of your most advanced uh trainings is there a, a mark or something is there a a stamp where it's a, well that's a that's a Prem Carnot student and you can tell he's playing or she is playing the Prem Carnot style or do you uh, tailor your coaching more toward what they're already gravitating toward I would second what Mark said and uh, there's no really a Prem Carno style outside the only Prem Carno style is to have fun and be more relaxed on the court. If you see someone who's very relaxed on their court you probably think it's a Prem Carno style. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's the only one which you probably is a constant I often hear people when they're able to to do that and it's mostly because I teach them how to play smart pickleball. The basic foundation of my teaching is always about getting the best shot you can from the games you have it's very uh, interactive whenever i teach people i often say okay you're doing something and it, let's see if it works and i probably use the same strategy which uh, mark talks about here are a few number of things i'm going to do and see if it works for you and then if they say oh um, let's take the same example as he said about uh, our grip so i'll probably set up a certain drill and ask them to and hit a certain way and see if it works for them if it really works for them as a great if it doesn't then we'll say okay that doesn't seem to work so let's see what works for you and so i'll give them a few suggestions till whatever works for them there's no specific way and uh i often say when people ask me oh could i switch my hands between uh between uh between the grip and one side to the other side i said my clear theory in that is i know certain racket sports coaches will tell you don't do that but i am particularly very clear about it is do whatever works for you i will work with whatever works for you and i will but it should work for you my particular game might not work the way it works for you so i don't have a a set style of this is how it should be done under the basics of the foundations of the game of you know certain rules of the games on inside that context however you play if it is effective to your particular style of game that's what i want to try and enhance when i started pickleballguru.com 3 years ago it was actually called pickleball help and i still remember the tagline which says play your game in caps better that's what my my coaching style always remains is i'm only trying to enhance your game to the best level possible and it doesn't have to be my game it's not my game on yours and that's where i came in actually into coaching because uh, some of the people i saw were trying to actually set up a certain way a, a pro forma uh, how the game should be played and i didn't like that and i didn't like how that was being taught i think there's other considerations beside what works i think that that's um that needs to be the first one you're right like okay let's let's set up this situation that you you find in a game right okay someone hits a, a high lob over your backhand right say let's see what works but then there's other considerations as well so what might work right now for say a beginner or a novice player who is you know just satisfied let's say to get their serve in the court we as as coaches and who've had more experience and can sort of see a bigger picture if that technique is working right now let's say it's the sort of that old style of sort of almost like you're bowling when you hit the serve right that very extreme low to high path uh-huh that might work for getting the ball in the court but over the long run that's going to be a hard technique to really build on 
right? Because of the, the extreme low to high nature of it, when you watch most of the best servers, it's like a little more, it's not sidearm, but it's, it's a little more towards that mm-hmm. way. Yeah. I think we also need to make sure that our students are learning technique that they can build on in the future as they improve. And then also using technique that, that is also safe, right? So if right now, if, okay, it works because it goes in, you know, if I'm making contact sort of behind my body, right? If my impact point is almost behind me, I might be able to control the angle of my paddle enough to get the ball to go where I want, but that's my body's in such a weak position that I'm at more risk for an injury. So I think that, that what works is an important consideration for technique, but we also have to think about how can I build on this technique in the future, or can I build on this technique in the future, and is this technique safe, right? So the long run, they're, they're less likely to get hurt. You're right, Mark. Uh, what I was when I was in, when I was saying about what works for you is say, for example, some of the top tennis coaches who have come into this in this profession, I've seen uh, them say very clearly, "Do not switch hands." You know, when you're trying to hit a backhand shot, do not switch hands. I want you to play with that. Uh, that would completely throw off the whole theory that the top two or three players in this country actually do that consistently. Yeah, you watch Enrique, uh, boy, he's, or West yeah. Gabrielson, mm-hmm. uh, uh, the top two players who won the Nationals last year, will tell you they do that consistently. So there's there's no way I would say that you shouldn't do that. If it works for you, you should do that. If it doesn't, then it will, I'll be happy to help you. But mm-hmm. if it doesn't, that's that's where I'm drawing. Uh, that's when I'm saying what works for you. I'm not. As I said, it's in the basic premises from where I'm taking a player, and then I once they I see where they are then I will move them around. Does that make sense, Mark, when I say that? Yeah, yeah, I think, I think that's a, a good point. I think we're coming from the same place, that it needs to, be, needs to start with the student and, and see what works. There's very few people, I think, that can control both hands and both sides of their body equally well, right? I guess Enrique and Wes are exceptions to that rule. Well, I, I'll guarantee you, I knew Wes before. Wes never used to do that, and he learned it. Mm-hmm. So I, when I met him and I, you know, played some tournaments against him, he was not at all doing that. He learned mm-hmm. it. And I know another person from the same area in Oregon named Curtis Campbell also enforced and learned that. I, my personally, I play right-handed pickleball, but I'm a lefty. Mm. Oh, really? Uh, interesting. Boy, it sure comes in handy when they get an angle on you. If you can make that switch, it's, it's nice to be able to, to hit that shot back over and not have to lean over and do a backhand. It does come in handy, so I thought it might be a, a useful tool to have in the toolbox. Yeah, but again, it's not... I, I, I wouldn't say this is the only pro forma you have to do it. It's only to people who who already have it or who feel comfortable with that, then I would probably say, yes, if, if it works for you, do it. If it doesn't... Mm-hmm. But you're no. not. But you're not going to tell somebody. You know what you need. You need to switch hands. You're not going to if they don't. If they're not doing it already, you're not going to advise them to go ahead and start doing it. That's right. And I think that that, like you said, you're both. You are both coming from the same place. You definitely want to show them what's working now, and then also uh, make sure that it's something that will work in the future as well. Like you said, Mark, something to build on. Yeah. That's yeah. Absolutely right. You don't want to teach. You don't want to teach a 3.0 how to just beat a 3.0. You want to make sure that what you're teaching them will work against a 3.5 and a 4.0 and on down the line. I agree. That's uh, a very good approach from Mark's side. Uh, to look into that also is that how they move and improve. And as I said, it's again from the basic premises of the foundation of the game of like, here are the serves, you want to get it to that particular area. So you want to serve that way uh, to that direction. Now, how you execute it inside the confines of the rules 
is important and you know and uh, and what is the most effective one that's how I go about trying to explain to them see if it is effective if it is not let's work on it well gentlemen I know that there are thousands of players out there playing right now who are uh, so fortunate to have come across your path, Prame, and and your path too, Mark. And uh, thanks to what we were talking about earlier with YouTube now and the internet and everything, there are going to be thousands more. Prame, uh, what's coming up uh, in the future for you? From my personal side, uh, there's another uh, whole uh, gamut of videos which are going to come out uh, on a particular strategy of the game, which is very important. It is still working, and uh, so it will be uh, soon coming out um, before Christmas for uh, for all the readers and followers of my uh, my style of teaching. Learn more about uh, everything that Prem is doing at thepickleballguru.com. Mark? Uh, we continue to put out um, at least one video a week through our YouTube channel, Third Shot Sports. I'm working on developing some uh, some coaching resources. So we've heard from a lot of people who, wherever they are, they're starting to somehow, either on purpose or by accident, uh, doing a little bit of coaching at their club, their local club. And they've asked for some resources to help them start to introduce the game to more and more people. So uh, we've got some coaching resources coming up that will be available on our website. That's wonderful, Mark. Look forward to it, and you can learn more about Mark and everything that he's up to at thirdshotsports.com. Gentlemen, it was a real pleasure having two of the world's greatest pickleball coaches on at the same time, and thank you both. We really do appreciate it. Thanks a lot, Chris. And as always, we'd like to thank you for joining us today as well. Do you have an opinion about what we discussed today? Maybe a, a suggestion, a topic you'd like to hear us discuss here on the Pickleball Show? Well, we'd love to hear from you. Email us anytime at mail at pickleballshow.com. That's mail at pickleballshow.com. You'll find us on Facebook too, facebook.com slash pickleballshow, twitter.com slash pickleballshow, and don't forget about the good old website, it's pickleballshow.com. Also, head over to iTunes if you get a chance. Hit that subscribe button. You'll never miss an episode. And if you feel it's appropriate, go ahead and leave us one of those coveted five-star reviews, which boosts us up in the rankings and makes it so much easier for other pickleball players around the world to find the show. I'm Chris Allen. This is the Pickleball Show. And until next week, keep them low. The Pickleball Show is brought to you by PBX Club. PBX stands for Pickleball Excellence. Join today and get the latest pickleball tips and strategies, news and opinion. Save money on paddles and other equipment with coupon codes to online pickleball retailers. Get travel discounts to tournaments and a whole lot more. How much does it cost to become a PBX Club member? Well, it's free. Just go to freepbxclub.com. That's freepbxclub.com. There's even a link in the show notes for this episode. FreePBXClub.com. PBX Pickleball Excellence. Join the club. It's free.